0: Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Welcome back another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. The website is hsvinsideout.com. co host Dennis, Ray, That's Simpson. That's me. That's me. I'm Randy Cantrell. I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth. Unfortunately, I'm in Dallas-Fort Worth. But That's the these, you're the you're the outside. I'm you're the, the outsider. outsider. These three guys are all the insider. I'm going to let you make the introductions, Dennis.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to have everybody again today, Uh, Mr. Randy in Dallas, Uh, Mr. Gary Mouton, and I hope I'm not slaughtering your name. You got it. That's
2: close enough. Very close. A
1: a recent addition to my book, but obviously a long-term resident here, and our friend, Mr. Rick Marshall. And Rick, we've tried to have you before, and we had technical difficulties, so we're going to have you again. And Rick is actually a realtor that specializes in property on Lake DeSoto, what we call, Gary, the historic end, right? The historic district. And and Gary is building what I believe, and if I'm not mistaken, Rick has helped me back this up, the first new house on Lake DeSoto in the last 21 years, right in there? Something yeah. like that. And yep. Rick, what, what were you able to find about that?
3: Yeah, uh, 1997 was uh, Gary's next door neighbor, but 2002 is the only- one newer than that, that I could find here on the lake. So it is very unusual to see new construction on this end on the water.
1: Yeah, it really is. And it looks like it's going to be a beautiful location. Randy, are we going to be able to go to that shot later? Maybe Mm -hmm. Uh, if Gary wants to, we can, (laughs) I, I can share at will. You can share it. will. so obviously most of you probably listen to the podcast and that's great. And that's how we want to have you. But at the same time, we do post this on YouTube and you can see the video of us chatting, which, you know, four older guys, that's fascinating. I'm sure you can't wait to get enough of that. And in case you're insomniatic, we have the solution. But for what we wanted to talk about today is is basically kind of the changing interaction of, of what's happening on the lake. Gary,
2: how long have you lived in the village and where do you presently live? Um, so I've lived in the village. Now it's kind of a trick question. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived here um, by by kind of by almost by force for about a year and a half. We uh, we we bought a townhouse um, just on the same side of the lake, just on the, on the uh, west end uh, mm-hmm. in 2015, and come up here whenever we could. My wife would spend summers up here, mm-hmm. and uh, when, when the pandemic hit, well, we 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 took refuge here from a place called Olathe, Kansas. Um, which we'd always intended to leave, always intended to, to move here at some point. Um, we bought the property where we're building back in 2012. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and it was, you know, like you said um, it, uh, it, Rick, it, it, uh, it was quite surprising to, to us to be able to find a lot um, that was actually not built on and available on this lake. Um, and we did about eight months of due diligence. Uh, why is it here? Why is it never built on? Can it be built on? You know, went through that whole thing and its whole lineage. And uh, it's got quite a long story and I, and I think it bores most people. But but anyway, we, we, after quite a bit of time, we ended up with it right at the end of 2012 and have just been waiting till closer to my retirement, which happens in about four months. Um, but who's so, counting, right? Who's but counting? Who's counting? <laughs> yeah, who's counting the, the little countdown calendar on my phone, that's who's counting, yeah. <laughs> Yes. What do you do, Gary? What's your job? So I work for a, a, an engineering firm out of Kansas City, um, and 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 we're very diversified. We're into everything, but but the part I do is I put together um, proposals to to build power plants around the United States, um, and and well, all of America, yeah. North North America, and and South America.
1: And we know how so, everybody loves to build power plants right next they, to their they, facilities. So they, yeah, they, they love it. It's a booming business. People are begging you to come into their
2: town, right? They, they are. They And my most, you know, I'm and I'm from South Louisiana. And my most recent, um, I told you so, <laughs> is that about three years ago, I was engaged in, in a proposal to build a power plant in the city of New Orleans. And I went to the city council meetings and watched the people, everyone in the world, complain, and we need solar panels and blah, blah, blah. And the day after the hurricane passed, guess what? (laughs) They had electricity. Now we're saviors all of a sudden. And 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 so that's kind of the way it goes everywhere you go. Nobody wants it in their backyard. They wanted electricity through osmosis. Um, And (laughs) and it just and it doesn't happen. And, you know, you can't get these things off the ground with solar panels. It just doesn't work like that. So uh, uh, that's uh, what I do.
1: Everybody who wants to go to solar panels, which I have no bias against, I've had solar panels since the '80s. I've really had several. But everybody who wants to go there forgets one little thing. Unless you want to live like the Amish for the next fifty to twenty years, there's right. a step between here and there that's going to be called nuclear. But nobody wants to have that conversation either, right? Well, right. Anyway, well, I digress. Rick, catch us up. Tell us where you are, what you do. I see a pretty lake behind you, but it it, it was dredged a few years months ago, wasn't it?
3: It was all last winter, seven months, we were drawn down about eight feet. And um, I don't know how many people know this, but that's on a, on, a, on a cycle here in the village. So every sixth year, each lake here in the village will be dredged and the coves are dug out a little deeper and a little, little more sludge off the bottom. And um, Lake DeSoto will actually have some hydraulic dredging going on this fall to kind of finish up with that. But yeah, we were seven months. With uh, I am on a on a cove on a finger here, and we had no water in the back here for for that full seven months from November all the way almost to Memorial Day, so it was rough.
1: And and Randy, I have to tell you uh, more than once, Rick sent me a picture of deer in his backyard, literally over his shoulder. On yep. there was a little island in the middle, and he sent the deer were out there getting a drink, and I'm like, well, you don't have a lot of lake left, do you? Now, no, <laughs> no, nope. nope, not much. Well, let's recap here just for a moment. Hot Springs Village, 26,000 acres of awesome, as Stephanie would say. Uh, and this is one of the older lakes. This is probably the next to the oldest. Segovia would be the oldest, I would think, wouldn't you, Rick? Would and then this so, would yeah. be Lake DeSoto, which is about 210 acres in that ballpark, give or take. How many homes on this lake, Get Rick? Uh,
3: about 155 or so that are on the, the water, including the townhomes.
1: Including the townhomes. Now, Rick,
3: back, The townhomes that back to the
1: water. The back to the water, and you know that information because. Well, I
3: send out a little monthly newsletter to everybody here on the lake, and that's just kind of my my sweet spot. I I stay close to home and kind of know what's going on around here, and like to share with others and just uh, be a resource to folks.
1: Yeah, Rick specializes in properties on the lake, and until he started sending out this newsletter, I had no idea that there was that many homes or whatever they were. Now, Gary, you bought your lot back in twenty twelve. And I don't want to go in the, the weeds about it, but uh-huh. tell me more about, I mean, I, I think I know the area pretty well and I'm going to spring one on everybody here in just a minute, Rick, and I will here in just a minute, but 2012 did this property just come up for sale or you saw it, it or what?
2: It had been for sale. So, so we had friends here and it is, I think this is a typical Arkansas thing. We had friends here that bought a place on the lake, um, on the West end down, down here where our townhouse is. And we back up, we're like, um, like rick is we we're on a we're actually i'm on a on a on a cove off of a cove so i was dry as far as yeah i could see um but but they had a place here and, and they said hey man friends from texas and they said we got this place on this lake y'all need to come check this out i said well, where is it? It, it it's near hot springs arkansas i'm like where <laughs> well, well i I, I don't think I ever lost anything there, and then every year they'd ask us, and it took three or four years. I think the first time we came was like 2009, and uh, we came down here, and, and first time we got here, we just absolutely fell in love with it, me more than my wife, and uh, and, and a couple of years go by, and and we say, you know – this might be the place because we were getting to that age where we had to start thinking about, we weren't going to stay in Kansas. We weren't from there. You know, it, winters were horrible and we, and we were never staying there. So where are we going to go? You know, we need some place that's fairly affordable. And, uh, and said, this might be the place. So we started kind of looking around for a place. And, uh, and, and so my wife called her called a real estate agent and said, we're looking for a lot. And they said, well, okay. She said, just so happens a gal in this office in the real estate office has a lot for sale. That's currently not, not listed, but she just removed it. And, uh, like really? And so that's kind of how it started. Um, turns out this gal was getting divorced and they had to get rid of it. Um, but it was, it, it had been listed for a whole lot more than it was worth at that mm-hmm. time. Um, right now it's probably worth four or five times what we paid for it. Um, but it ain't for sale. It ain't for sale. My friend.
1: Not until there's a house on it, and then not it's not for it, sale.
2: Then it's still not for sale. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that that's how we. That's kind of how we came upon it. So it wasn't listed or anything. But this gal had it, and and we were after, after like I said, about six or eight months, we were able to come to terms with her. And Randy, uh, I've got to come back to you
1: just for one second because he asked something that I've never asked you. Who fell in love with it more first? you or or your lovely wife yeah, probably me i'm
0: i'm Ooh. I'm with gary i mean she was she was very quickly behind me but yeah you know and before we started recording i mean he and i've already compared notes you know our southern mm-hmm. our southern louisiana <laughs> roots and yeah we, we've got a lot in common other than yeah. just falling in love with hot springs village yeah
1: wow yeah. cool well i have a lot of other backgrounds i want to ask real quick i want to say something real quick and just get this out of the way gary i think you'll agree with me rick i think you will too I, 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 I'm the guy that when people say, well, that's an unbuildable lot, you can get one of them unbuildable lots for $50. Well, you know, Gary, somebody could look at your lot and go, that's unbuildable because when you walk from the top, from Toledo down to the ledge we're going to see in just a minute, mm-hmm. uh,
2: it's kind of steep. It, it It is. And that was our main concern that this lot's been here for 40 years and nobody's ever built on it. Why, why is that? So I brought a builder down there and, and I asked the wrong question. I asked, can this lot be built on? And he said, absolutely. I build houses up on the mountaintops that are steeper than this. The question I didn't ask was, how much extra is that? <laughs>
1: Now, because i gotta interject just, I got to interject just for a minute. Uh-huh. The
2: last home, the last home
1: that I looked at, I had a personal tour from Gerald Ellison. I believe mm-hmm. that's your builder. Yes, sir. And he had a property on Lake Granada and, and, and a Granada Golf Course at the same time. Mm. Randy, yep. it was 5,000 feet on the top, 5,000 feet on the bottom. One of the most magnificent houses I'd ever seen in my life. Little over a million plus. Gorgeous
2: house. He had a relatively flat lot there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and that house is going to be coming on the market. Is it really? Yeah, the unfortunate. Um, oh my God, you're going to say what, you you might, you're going
1: to say what I want. What? And Rick, yeah. I want to address this to you. Pat Bollier, one of my friends in the real estate market. People will say this is our last house. We're never leaving here. And her joke is, no one of you is leaving. We just don't know which
2: one. Yeah, yeah. One of you will uh, be
1: heading out of here. We just don't know which one. Yeah, it's one of it, those
2: scenarios, I guess. It, it is. It I'm is, so unfortunately. Sorry. It's and it's very unfortunate.
1: Really sweet people. Really sweet people. Yes, very yeah, nice Rick, people. Rick, give me a little background about how you got to Hot Springs Village.
3: Well, I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, we ended up in the mission field in Puerto Rico for about seven years. And when we came back to the States, uh, we were looking for some domestic uh, missions work to do, and we found the Arkansas Baptist Children's Home and got plugged in there for a few years, and about that time, we were we became empty nesters, and it was the next phase of our life to start focusing on, and I decided that, uh, you know, we were going to explore a little, and my wife and I wanted to find the place we were going to spend the rest of our lives, and so we looked at Branson, we looked at Hot Springs Village, Tyler, Texas, we looked at different places, and the priority was a lake beautiful grounds um, affordability and also for me I wasn't done working yet so I needed some economic opportunity and the village really has everything from I mean even waterfront 175,000 to a million you know here in the village Um, of course outside the village you've got Lake Hamilton and it goes on and on but this was still a economically feasible area to to work and to do business and within you know uh within an hour's drive of Little Rock so uh, it was just kind of the perfect mix of everything all coming together and as soon as we came in we loved Cortez Lake Cortez and Lake DeSoto were our two favorites just because of how the and you know Gary can attest to this that all the foothills just kind of come down to the lakes and kind of sit Little bit of a bowl, and it's just surrounded by beauty. Get to the east side, Lake Balboa. A little flatter, right? Still beautiful area, very desirable. But it's just a, it's a different feel. So, mm-hmm. in the historical side, we have different amenities that we really enjoy on this side. And uh, so, we as soon as we found this particular floor plan, and we just uh, we jumped all over it.
1: Well, the, the average, I'm guessing, and Randy, I'm, I'm speaking somewhat for you. You know, Randy brought this up one time when we had spoken before. A lot of people never lived on the lake. A lot of people may never live on the lake. And, and this idea that the lake is, you got to have a, a million dollars and you have to whatever. What could I get on the lake for, Rick? Really, where, where could I go?
3: Uh, a thousand square foot for a, a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath townhome. Well, a year ago, you'd have been in the 130s. Now you're in the 170s. Wow. Um, yeah. We've seen that kind of appreciation On here. the water. On the yep. water. Be backing to the water. That's right.
1: Um, Randy, not- what would that be in Dallas? I'm just curious. What would that be in Dallas? Yeah. Well, triple it. Quadruple yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And it still wouldn't be quiet, would it now, Rick?
3: No. In fact, I was out on the lake yesterday and looked around and here it is uh, a weekend and there were only three other boats out there with me on, on over 200 acre lakes. So
1: very a lady peaceful. was asking me, one of our guests was asking me, she said, we're thinking about taking the kayaks out, but we, you know, the, the guy at the marina said, we need to go in a clockwise foundation <laughs> rotation. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I mean, should I do that? And I said, well, let's look and see how many boats are on the lake now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think
1: you're safe. I think yeah, you're yeah. good. Right. That's right. So R- Gary, let me come back to, to Gary just for a second. Can you show the picture of your home there? Can you sure. share that real quick? You know, yep. your future home. This is, Can I ask, this, is how,
0: this is his desktop wallpaper. Yes. For our How's audience reminder. Yep. So you're going to have to go to the video. So yeah, the, if you're yeah, listening to an audio, a, take a, take a look uh, at where you're at in the video and now, or I mean the audio and then go to the video. Cause you're going to want to do see it. This. There, there we, we go. Yes, yeah, just... and, and if
1: I can, let me tell people what we're looking at here. Obviously, we're at the top of Toledo looking down. The little red spot of dirt down here is going to be where the home site is. And you've got that pointed.
2: And Correct. it looks like it's going to be looking out over the dam, the, the dam over Lake DeSoto. I, yeah. And I'll, I'll take over just for a minute here. So we've sure. got some crawl space here. So the house comes about to this far. Um, this is about the front door here. Are so you the moving main, your Oh, yeah. Can you not see it move? I, I can't. Can Randy, can oh, you see darn. it? Can you see no. it, move? No, oh, sorry. I okay. So think. let me talk from it then the, okay. uh, there, there's a, there's Do a tree in the foreground.
0: Can everybody see my mouse? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Well, then there's
2: mine. That's <laughs> nah. all um, right. Just talk. So, so, so the, it. yeah. So, uh, the tree right closest in the foreground on the right-hand side, right. um, and, and go down to the next one. And as you follow that down, just about 10 feet to the right of that is, is the edge of the house. Um, Oh, wow. And and where you see that red part, that is a cut. That goes down about, about um, nine feet right now. Um, and then that's where the main living area of the house is. So the living room actually looks at the beach and the mountain. Yeah. And then as you come to your left, you can see that it kind of cuts out. And what it really is is that flat section comes around some more. And, and that's where the garage is going to come up from there, but the house actually runs off down the hill as well. Um, so So it's going to be sitting, it's going to be sitting on the lot at a diagonal basically it it, well, yes. And no to the water. Yes. Okay. So to the property line where you see my neighbor's house on the far right of the picture, you can see his carport. It actually is perpendicular or parallel with his property line and fairly parallel to the street. Um, or actually, in that case, perpendicular to the street, where where it intersects right there, um, and of course y- you may not know it from looking at well, you won't know from looking at this picture. But I don't know if how much you know about the size of this lot, but it's two acres. Um, it runs around the corner 500 feet, all the way two, to my neighbor's house.
1: Two acres, so it goes yeah. up all the way in the cove, back around to the the three-story neighbor house, right? Yeah, if you're familiar with this
2: with this edge of the lake from from that from the point, yeah, all the way to the gut where my neighbor's dock is that's that is 500 feet of water frontage and 500 feet of road frontage.
1: Well, I think I speak for Rick, myself, and 152 other property owners on Lake DeSoto when we thank you for improving the property values in our area. (laughs) You're quite welcome. Would that be well put, Rick?
3: That is, and it's just amazing that Gary had the foresight to take a look at it and not be scared away by how steep the property is because, I mean, before he cleared it, You know, it it just it just looks steeper before it gets cut into. And so now that it's cleared and cut into and particularly from the water side, you look at it and just say, man, what a golden opportunity that was. And a lot of people missed out on that. one.
2: Yeah, we and we say the same thing as well. And and everybody said, man, I don't know about that. You're going to have a super steep driveway and they've already built it up a lot um and it's not near as steep as anybody thought it was but now people come and they say oh wow well that's not as near as bad as i thought it was well
1: if i can you have a you have a secret weapon up your sleeve and that is uh gerald ellison he's done this for 30 years he's one of the best there is uh i was telling before we hit the roll button uh, his brother dave came over said are you home this is saturday he said are you home and i'm like well yeah, I kind of in and out. He said, I've got some more vegetables for you. He said, I've got rid of that squash. I need some more okra and you need some more peppers. And I'm like, okay, sure. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, and for what it's worth, and I don't know if you know this, Gary, but the Ellisons, as soon as you come in the village and turn the very first, second road where you go Ballaric and come up over the top, they mm-hmm. owned all of that land over on the north side. And there were 10 brothers and sisters and anyway, just a a great traditional uh, with that family that wonderful people can't say enough great things about them. Rick, tell us what's happening with real estate here on the lake. What's going on?
3: Well, it's going crazy. I mean, the market already is hot with a shortage of inventory. Everybody knows that. But um, there's only so much waterfront. I mean, so you squeeze down the inventory that much further and the demand. I mean, we've been having, of course, multiple offers. Uh, a very high percentage of cash buyers, so you don't have to worry about properties not appraising because folks are paying cash for it. Uh, a lot of out-of-state buyers. We're still getting folks from – I've just had one from Iowa. We get them from Texas, of course, and um, Illinois. But, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just extremely popular, but the opportunity is so rare and unique that uh, I don't know that you could get a much better seller's market than it is right now.
1: Well, it's funny you should say, because last night, Diane and I were looking at one of our properties over on Lake Balboa. And she said, we still have that lot listed. And I said, yeah. And she said, you think we should come down off that any? I'm like, they're not making any more lake lots on Balboa. We're we're done. We're done. And she said, well, you're right. We probably ought to stick with this number, you know, and lo and behold, Rick, if that, if Sarah did not call today and say here, they'll offer that number. And I'm like, (laughs) as soon as they went, Diane was like, oh, great. We're going to sell it. I'm like, hang on. I'm not, so, <laughs> I'm not sure that I'm happy right now. <laughs> that's a good thing, but eh, I don't know. You know, if they back out. Okay. Okay. Well, Rick, also, I want to come back with you just for one second, Rick. It says uh, on your business card, it says RSP. Is that because I'm supposed to tell you if I'm coming to the party or not, or what does that mean? Oh, no, no.
3: It's RSPS. Oh, and that's, oh. yeah. That's a, Uh, a resort and second home property specialist. It's just an accreditation from the National Association of Realtors, some additional education and experience having to do with folks that are investing or uh, buying a second home. There are different issues, tax-related, you know, 1031 exchanges and uh, different issues that folks have to be aware of. And not a lot of agents um, have, you know, have that experience of working with those types of buyers. And I've just made it to Kind of broadened, you know, with folks in this area, we do get a lot of investors, and so um, it's just a, an opportunity to be able to pro- provide a little bit of extra service,
1: yeah. Well, Gary, give me an idea how many bedrooms are we talking, how big, roughly square feet, just ballpark. I don't want to know specifics, um,
2: yeah. About 4,200 total. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went into this saying that we were going to stay at 3,000, <laughs> and uh, and and we kind of did, but we wanted you know, we know where. You know, every day we're older. Right. We're we're going into this at sixty five. And so it's an age in place home. So all the doors are extra wide. Um, We're making provisions for an elevator There's a shaft, but no actual elevator um, today. And uh, uh, so we're three bedrooms upstairs and two and a half paths upstairs. Um, And then downstairs, we said, wow, this is this is a lot (laughs) of potential. Um, for what we felt was not a lot of expense to go ahead and instead of making it all crawl space, make it a finished floor in most of it. We did leave a piece of it as crawl space because I just got to the point where that's enough. Um, and, uh, and so downstairs, we're going to have a large workshop for me, um, about uh, 700 square feet and a large storage area down there. And then a gym or a, not a gym, a little exercise room, a game room. And and a and a planting room for my wife because she plants a lot, um, and a place to winter stuff things that can't stay out for the winter, um, place to, just to kind of hold stuff. Uh, so that's yeah, it's about about eleven hundred feet downstairs and thirty two hundred upstairs. You you
1: you sound like uh, the old. Um... Oh, what was his name? Sinbad, the old Sinbad commercial. The, the, you know, he said, mom's going to you know, punish you and make you go to your room. Yeah, the, It sounds like the basement is the doghouse. Please send me Please to the doghouse. Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah. back in a couple of days, honey. Right? Yeah. I well, want to make sure when I get sent down there, I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I want to come back and touch on something real quick that not everybody brings up in the village. The village is rocky terrain to say the least, right? It's a, it's a, it's a great thing that it's beautiful and it makes for great lakes. Cause I got news for you. It don't grow that much, not natively. And, and what happens is, is that especially around the lake, every lake lot does this, they're, they're steep. So when you dig them out to make their footing and then you build on top of that, well, you say, well, I want to build up a little, so we'll have a view. Yeah. Well, then you've got a basement that's nearly the same size as the top floor. So this, this, uh, this, this, uh, home plan creep is not new to anybody would that be fair rick
3: yeah the walkout the walkout lower level is is pretty common in this area
1: yeah kind of a beautiful area that way too randy have i covered everything that i might go for you uh, gary have you ever lived on a lake before
2: uh n- no not previous to having this townhouse
0: well i mean southern louisiana i get, i get the proximity to the <laughs> water so yeah. i'm not gonna ask but i mean you're gonna have to have a you're gonna to have to place to launch the Piro or something, you know. So.
2: Yes, yeah, um, it, and and that was that was a real culture shock for me. I mean, I always lived within a half a mile of the water, um, and uh, and when we moved to Kansas, that was definitely not the case. Um, but this 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 gives us gives us a lot, right? I mean, the only thing that we don't have here is salt water, and I'll be retired, and when we feel like we need to dip our feet in that, we will go south for a few days
1: well and if i can also make note when you walk into this water you can go in five feet and it comes up three feet in south louisiana you can go out 200 feet and yes. you're up
2: to your knees right yes yeah that's that's absolutely right that's absolutely correct and i don't know if if you're aware of this uh, I'm not dennis but in in this picture um about halfway to the uh to the 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 dam is it's about 100 feet deep yeah
1: yeah Uh, well actually out out in the middle gully if you'll make note back up on valina this way and i'm pointing and we're on a Mm -hmm. podcast so yeah but up on valina it gets to around 1400 feet so I'm at 875 right now, which is where they're going to be very close to that, that height. Uh, yep. But I've been told, and I've told this to Randy before, there's a little bit guy with an older party barge with a little tin roof, mm-hmm. and he puts his bat, dog on the back deck, and he hangs out deep sea tackle. And I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, He does not have line. He has wire. Right. He will troll. He has caught the biggest I've ever seen him catch was a 93 pound catfish. Oh, my goodness. And and it was over one hundred and twenty five feet in the middle. Uh, But this makes a gully right down in the middle. And so, you know, when we drain it down you think, okay, well, it it goes out a little and it goes down some out in the middle. It does this. I mean, it just falls off like a cliff where the ancient creek bed has Mm -hmm. run for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And that's what he always he'll always troll back through there. Last time he had a sixty five pounder. I think I saw him on the wall at the DeSoto Marina before they renovated it with a 93 pounder, but that's, that's a, that's a, that's a big small kid if you know what I mean. Right. right. Yeah. Rick, what advice do you have for us? I I'm, I've got a burning desire to live on the lake. What would you say for us? Well,
3: I think you have to weigh um, the opportunity, the few opportunities to build like Gary is doing. I mean, there's literally, um, I think there are about six different lakes here in the village right now that have one, waterfront lot available. They're challenging lots. It's very difficult to build on. Um, I'm, I'm just real partial to finding something that has the floor plan that you want because you can't really change that, but you can really do a complete remodel and get all of the, uh, the the granite countertops and the new cabinetry. And I mean, yeah, you're gonna put some money into it because these homes were built in the seventies and eighties, but what you have when you're finished is yeah. is really impressive. I mean, I certainly, you know, can appreciate what Gary's doing. I mean, that's a really unique situation. But for folks that can't find, you know, a bargain, you know, an amazing opportunity on a lot like that, um, I think just a, a remodel—that's probably the best way to get on the lot. And that way, you can you have a you have more pick over where you are. Not all waterfront is created equal. Nope. So you you're on a cove or you're on a point. You're on the main body of the lake. Um, do you have a you want high bank or low bank not all folks are going to be able to handle the high bank you know walking wise so uh, low bank waterfront is even harder to find so yeah. all of those things help determine value as well
1: i can't think of any two lake lots that are even remotely identical i mean Pretty just fast. a not not in the village because i mean just a few dozen feet away they're they're different right they're completely different uh just down the way here on the cove closer not far gary from where you're looking at the beach and by the way in that picture i wanted to tell people we're looking at the dam the the de soto beach is just to the right of that they put a little boat dock there which is kind of nice now i didn't know they were doing that back behind that is uh, the hill that alicante runs over the top of and that view from the top of that mountain is over both of the lakes so it's a it's a really beautiful Beautiful, beautiful combination. I want to tell you something that Larry, a uh, guy that lived down this side by the, by the uh, uh, beach, said one time. He said, you can, you can bulldoze the house, you can change this, you can change that, you can make the closet size difference, whatever, but you can never change the water. And I was like, you know, and that's why, Gary, that's why when I saw your property and wanted you to be on the show, that's magnificent water. I've looked at it from my boat and and driven by and thought, wow, this is really gorgeous. And then driven down Toledo and looked at that side, too. It's going to be a magnificent home. And once again, we do appreciate you looking in there. (laughs) But wait, there's more. There was one other detail we meant to mention. Rick, just a minute ago, you said there were like six vacant lots on all these lots, several of the lakes combined.
3: Right. There are probably six lakes that have one lot on, on them. I think Lake uh, Lake Coronado right now has four, right. but most of the little lakes each have one on them right now.
1: So there's just one. When people call and say, hey, I want a, I want a lakefront lot, and it doesn't matter what the price is. Number one, they, they haven't researched what the price is. But number two, everybody has a dream of a lakefront lot, and we'll build our perfect dream mansion there, which, as we said just a moment ago, sometimes it's better to you know, remodel what you have. But as we talk, and Gary, I don't know if you know this or not, right where your lot is, and your five acre lot goes around to the neighbors that are from the UK, the three acre, they're right here, literally back behind her, the three story home. As it goes right up to the dam, Rick and I were looking Friday. And I said, Oh, look, Cooper communities has a piece of property right on the very edge of the dam. What Rick, maybe 20 feet of, of lakefront. Maybe, I don't 15? even
3: know if it's that, and it's a real odd access even at that.
1: Basically, Randy, if, if you thought that you were going to make a road that came down on top of the dam from, from Toledo, where you are, Gary, you would go right across this piece of land. And Cooper just sold that one for, what, $41,000? $41, $41,000. It has the tiniest slipper you could say that you could put a boat dock on, and you would literally probably be standing on the dam when you did that.
3: Mm-hmm. But that's the been- kind of... I'm just talking about a, a challenge in steep. You're also talk, talking about a challenge. There's a creek that comes right down almost the, through the middle of that property. Uh, that's going to be a real challenge to build on. I mean, they bought it, you know, bought it on the cheap, but it's definitely going to be a creative one to build on for sure.
1: And And when people say repeatedly, oh, that's an unbuildable lot because it'll be low and there'll be water that comes through there. I'll tell you right now, Gerald Ellison's built on every one of those. I've never seen one yet. He hasn't been able to build on. He is a fantastic builder. But it, it's going to take more building, more design, more, you know, infrastructure to shred that water away. But you can buy a lot. For, you could buy a lot for 41000 on Lake DeSoto. But, you know, that was just a piece of information.
0: I've got a question. And, Rick, so, you know, in Gary's lot, you know, I mean, a couple of acres. I mean, how unprecedented is that?
3: It's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, at 110000 you would comp out uh, a steeper lot, um, and that's a rarity to get one for that. And so to make it two acres with the prime view looking across, not at other homes, but of the dam and the beach and the spillway, I mean, that's just a, such a unique property. I, I would want to be the appraiser that, that had to take a, sh- a shot at what something like that is worth.
1: Yeah. Hey, Gary, just a curious question. Did, yes. did, uh, did Dave, did Gerald help you position where he thought the home should be there and what it should look at?
2: Do you have that already lined out? You know, actually we had, you know, because we've had the property for eight or nine years, um, we were pretty much there. Um, the only, what, what ended up coming is, is of it is, um, we had positioned it somewhat closer to cause my wife was all along. We got 500 feet of water. We're right next to our neighbor. I want to be right in the middle of the property. Yeah. Well, what, what we found out early on was this was originally two lots in the mm-hmm. very early plat of the village. Where we are standing looking, that was lot two. Lot one was at our far neighbor. They did deem that lot unbuildable and combine them as one, so our property is now lot one. Um but um, yet we ended up having to move even closer to the neighbor because of the new FEMA regulations. Oh. So when when you know and no one's built on this lot since Katrina on on this lake since Katrina, and and what you run into at any lake lot you're going to build on, in anywhere, in the country, is if your property touches water, you're in a flood zone. And the onus is on the property owner to prove that it's not. Um, and, and so we had to, we had to, to go and, and do all of that upfront work, get, with, get with, with FEMA, get a surveyor, figure out where that was. And because this lot is not like square with the water, there's ins and outs. Um, and they had to come lay out where that flood line was. And we actually had to move the, the, the house another 10 feet to the right. But as far, I mean, we were pretty, you know, we'd looked at it for a long time, and originally I tried to have it square um, with the lake. But that looked only at the dam because, you you know, like we talked about earlier, um, and what, one of the things Gerald taught me was the Ouachita's are the only mountains in the country that actually run east and west. All mountain ranges run north and south with the exception of Ouachita's and it runs east and west. So we're in a huge, you know, this was a valley, right? So we're in a valley. Um and 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 the way you make a lake in a valley is you put a dam up. And that's what we were looking at. And and it was it was difficult to get the shape of the house and we just finally gave up on that. One day we were sitting there looking out and I'm like, "Well, there's mountains over there." <laughs> and still nobody. So and, and I'm a very square person, right? Now I was trying to get it squared up with as many things as I could and nothing on the property square except the one property line. (laughs) So we ended up square with that. And, and that was, you know, that was done by the time Gerald got involved. What's
0: your ET what's your ETA. And I realize that that's a moving target. These days, it
2: it is a moving target. We, um, right now I would say, um, by, by early May is, um, yeah, we're, um, with Gerald you're eight to nine months. Um, it 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 becomes real difficult to get it done any quicker than that, um, and a lot of it has to do with the quality of home he builds, right? He's not slamming stuff together. Um, the The framing phase of this is a two well, month operation. I got to say, probably from that. The properties that i have seen from Gerald literally
1: are flawless. They are without yes. peer. I, 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 you know, I, I mean, and Rick, I know you do this too. We walk in and go, okay, how's the trim? How's the flawless? flawless you know they say contractor grade there's contractor grade and then there's gerald grade and it's really beautiful stuff i wanted to come back rick he touched on something that i wanted to mention some of the townhouses down on this side and actually some right across from me we had looked at some of those properties uh randy and you know i i thought well we're six eight feet off the water, no big problem, whatever. Yeah, you're nodding, aren't you, Rick? Yeah. Some of these townhouses on this side, Randy, they were saying, well, you know, Dennis, unless you want to pay cash, it's going to be another $140 to $180 a month for flood insurance. And I'm like, flood insurance? Yeah. For this dam? You'd have to have 10 feet of water going over the end of this dam for this street. So it, it didn't seem like a realistic number to me. Rick, tell us more about that.
3: Well, government and logic, those two things don't necessarily <laughs> go together. But uh, yeah, by the time some of these flooded, um, you'd have a eight-foot tsunami going over the spillway. So I'm not yeah. sure exactly how you could consider that a, a flood zone. But yeah, if they get classified, it's a lot more work to, tr- to try to work through those things and can be quite expensive.
1: Yeah, and we were looking at a townhouse kind of up in the cove, maybe two down from you. And uh, Tom Hasselbl- Hasselblum, whatever had it, yeah, Hassel Hasselstrom had it for sale, and he was ta- talking about that. He was like, "Well, you know, this one that's way up in the cove is the only one that doesn't have to have t- uh, have flood insurance." And I'm like, "But these houses are connected, yeah, but they have to have flood insurance because they're further out on the point and whatever." And so, Gary, you're telling me you were able to avoid that, right?
2: I was, I was just by moving, because as you you look to the left, you can see the property. I mean, you can't, you know, what you're looking at here, that's a little orange in color mm-hmm. it is all flat. That's completely flat. And then it looks like it goes from flat to that silt fence. Well, that silt right. fence is about 60 feet away. So it falls off pretty hard there. And we didn't, you know, moving 10 feet got us up about six. So um, it, it, and of course, Gerald was quick to point out that that's a lot less block we got to lay. So, is, I mean, he was happy and he would have liked us to move it even further. I'm like, I'm only 27 feet from my neighbor now. I'm, I'm, I'm as close as I want to be. Yeah, I would think we'll, so. We'll, we'll, we'll live with uh, where it is. Uh, Randy, any other questions?
0: I don't, I'm in, I'm green with envy, even though I've got <laughs> a blue shirt on.
2: <laughs> we'll have you over when we get it done.
1: Yeah, yeah. I will be there we have will get a by. crawfish bowl or something oh yeah we do need a crawfish bowl don't we yeah we do well i'll tell you what for rick marshall for gary moulin for dennis simpson for for what's his name randy cantrell thanks again <laughs> yeah. for joining us for an episode of hot springs village inside out you can find us at HSVInsideout.com, and we have what over 1100 we're right at 1100 yeah, we're pushing with. it yeah we're right we're at pushing it really hard And over 100 likes on or or follows uh, subscribers on YouTube. Thank you all so much. Randy, are we at 100 days yet? Uh, we,
0: we, as we hit record, I think we are on day one Oh three or something wow. like that.
1: So uh, yeah, we're still, uh, we're just pups. We're just, well, pups. Uh, pups with fantastic growth and it's all due to our watchers and listeners. Thank you so much for Randy Cantrell and myself Come back and see us again at hsv.com hsv.com. Why do I do that? Randy, I don't know. Hot, hsvinsideout.com and see us on the web. Thanks guys.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.